We're still dealing on meditation. And uh, this evening, actually, I'm going to concentrate on the book of Psalm, which is Psalm 1. Fortunately, I stumbled on the thoughts of a brother on this prince, and it was quite powerful as well. Kind of um, opened to me the things I'm seeing, and it's like confirming the things I'm seeing. So, I'm going to share almost on the same line of thought with him this evening. But first of all, let's look at the book of Psalm 119 and verse uh, 27. 119 verse 27. We read that last week, and uh, especially from the American Standard Bible. And the word says, Make me understand the way of thy precept, so I will meditate on thy wonders. Hallelujah. That is from the American Standard Bible translation. I picked that because it specifically brought out the word meditate. All right? And uh, this one also said meditate upon the wonders, meaning, like we said before now, there are things you should meditate upon that brings more of God's light and life into your life. Hallelujah. So first of all, we find here that meditation improves our understanding of the word of God and his works for us. Just trying to recap a few things. It kind of improves our understanding of the word and improves our understanding of his works in our lives. The wonders of God, the doings of God, the miracles of God, the goodness of God, the mercies of God. Meditation will make us to understand these things better and we'll be able to appreciate God the more. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, so let's just quickly go to Psalm 1 and verse 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not under the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of discomfort. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Praise the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says, And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. Now, it's important we understand this word. Like when he say blessed. It is a fact that this word in the original Hebrew is not just like a single blessing. It's like a plural word. Hallelujah. It's like a plural word. And so, we are talking about 
blessing in all realms. And the key to that is what? Meditation. Praise the Lord. Whatever I do, I shall prosper. That's very important. Meditation. I'm going to be saying a little bit on that. But if you have to even look at that alone, whatever he doeth shall prosper. And we can look at somebody like Joseph, who was in Egypt. As it were, the Bible made us to understand the same word was used for Joseph, that whatever Joseph did, he prospered. Can you remember that? Good. So, it simply means, we're talking about prospering even in your domestic affairs. Did you get that? Prospering here is not limited to, because it said whatever. That means you can prosper domestically, uh, commercially, just name it, any area of life that you are supposed to be engaged in, the Bible says you are supposed to do what? Prosper. So there's prosperity that you can engage in even domestically, just like Joseph. Joseph prospered in the house of Potiphar. It is based on the prosperity of Joseph that he finally got promoted to the level that he was. But from, he was more or less a slave boy. Is that okay? But even in that realm of what you probably term a slave boy, he prospered. Do you understand that? So he's saying, whatever you do, you are supposed to do what? Prosper. So whether it's business, whether it's, uh, like we're saying, just mere domestic affairs, marriage, just name it. Anything you are engaged in, the Bible says you are supposed to do what? Prosper. Only as you meditate upon the word of God. Praise the living God. You are bound to prosper. Again, I tried to define for us before now the word meditation. And uh, I made us understand it has to do with to ponder, to imagine, to, 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 to kind of turn around or to speak if you will. And to study, to talk about. And it means musing. Musing, M-U-R-S-N-G, is like thinking over something over and over and over again. You're musing over something. Praise the living God. Are we together? Amen? So that's meditation. And remember, we did mention that meditation is not the same thing as what? Memorization. Amen? You can memorize scriptures and you don't prosper from those things that you have memorized. Reason is, don't forget what we're looking at in Psalm 1-1. When you meditate, you prosper. Is that okay? Come on, are we together? I'm going to describe for you what is prosperity in this sense as well. But when you meditate, you prosper. But when you memorize, you may not prosper. Because, in other words, the prosperity that comes from meditation equals profitability. In other words, you prosper in the world when you meditate as compared to when you memorize the world. 
You may know so many letters on your head, but they can benefit you. Is that okay? It's just like, remember Jesus made a statement talking to the Pharisees. He said, you search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, or they are that testifies of me. Now, they keep on looking at prophecies, they keep on looking at what the scripture says, but they couldn't benefit from those things because they did not truly come to a conclusion as to what those things that they are talking about stands for. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So meditation is by far different, I mean, deeper than memorization. And like we said before, when you meditate, you digest the word that you have received. The word that you have received, especially the word that the Lord has given unto you as an individual. The strength of every true son of God that God speaks to is to stay on that which the Lord has spoken to him about. Praise the Lord. Are we together? When God gives you a word, you are bound and for you to prosper you is to stay on that word. And if you always set your mind on the things that God is speaking to you or talking about, God will be speaking more to you. The state of your mind determines what God brings to you. Hallelujah. Remember, the Bible says it will grant you the desires of your heart. That means there are some desires you have to have. And without godly desires, God will not only speak to you about the desires, He will also direct you on how to get the desires realized. Is that okay? But meditation is a key thing that keeps you on track. We said that before. Uh, in the case of Joshua, he has to meditate to be able to prosper in what God has given to him to do. Hallelujah. Alright, so that's meditation. Like I said before, in the English word, it means to engage in contemplation or reflection. You're reflecting on what God has spoken to you. I'm trying to say it because I'm going to recap this. I'm recapping this. I may not be able to come back to this on that. So you go through the other two cities and you'll be able to put all things together. So here we'll find that to engage in contemplation or reflection. You are reflecting on the things that God has spoken to you about or the things that you have gotten to know or the things that have ministered to you in the course of you listening to a message or as the case may be. Is that okay? A reflection. You're thinking over that subject over and over again. And it means to engage in mental exercise. I'm defining it from the English again so that you can get it accurately right. To engage in mental exercise. To focus on one's thoughts on or reflect upon the over. To plan or project in the mind. But the key thing I want you to understand it to engage in mental exercise. Okay? Are you still there with me? You know, Paul talking about um, physical exercise that profited little, but spiritual exercise profited much. Have you read that before? Paul saying that to Timothy. So, what is spiritual exercise? You see? It's all meditation. When you engage in the things that the Lord has spoken to you or is talking to you about. And uh, I remember Paul speaking to Timothy to tell him not to get out of the things that the, the, the presbytery, the prophetic word that the presbytery uh, released unto him. Remember that? Okay. And he was talking about that when you meditate on those things, you will save yourself and then save those that listens to you. Can you get that? All right. That's the level of prosperity that comes to you when you engage in meditating on the word of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Okay. 
the word prosper, for instance, like I said, when you meditate upon the word of God, you shall prosper. Did he say so? Okay, I like to read from the book there. Uh, uh, verse 3 of Psalm 1, And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brought forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, he shall do what? Prosper. Okay, the word prosper from the Hebrew means to push forward. And I'm very, very interested in the definition of this word prosperity. Whatever you do, it shall prosper. The word prosper means to push forward. It means to break out. It means to come mightily. To go over. To meet. Be profitable. Hallelujah. Now I want you to look at that. And the Bible is telling you, when you meditate upon the word of God, it shall be like a tree planted out by the rivers of living water, and whatever you do, it shall prosper. You know that word, you shall push forward. You shall move forward in anything you are engaged in. By implication, meditation takes you away from stagnation. Oh yes. So, that's why I'm saying memorization is completely different from meditation. To push forward. There is continuous advancement for you in whatever you do as you meditate upon the world. You are never permitted to stagnate. Are you still there with me? To push forward. To break out. Now men talk about breakthrough. This is the main key to breaking through. Amen? To break out We've heard about jailbreaks. People were in prison breaking the jails and running out of the jail cells and all of that. To break out. In other words, if you are encased or if there seems to be certain things that are keeping you bound, the Bible made us understand meditation will cause you to do what? To break out. So I think you can also break out of parental causes by meditating on the word. Eh? To break out. And that to me is very important. To come mightily. And means to go over. That is say, an overcoming ability you receive by meditating on the word. Especially, I keep on repeating, on that which God has given to you as an individual. Because I say, whatever you do, you should prosper. Whatever meaning God definitely gives you an assignment or God causes you to be engaged on something. And as you are engaged on that thing, whether it is domestic, whether it is commercial, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, even in your teaching profession, God intends you to push forward. There is a forward movement as you meditate upon the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. There is the pushing forward. There is a breaking out. There is a coming forth mightily over. You overcome obstacles as you meditate upon the word of God. There's a power that is released into your life as you meditate upon the word of God. Meditate upon what God has instructed you to carry on. There is an overcoming ability. I want to believe and repeat that. There is never going to be a kind of stagnation in your life when you stay on the word of God by way of meditation. You can't stagnate. Amen?
you can't stagnate. There's the pushing forward. Praise the living God. It means to cause to effect, to make to sin, to prosper. And one other thing I said, be profitable. You'll be profitable. Just like I said before, Paul was talking to Timothy. Keep those things at the back of your mind. Meditate upon them. That your profitability may be made known unto men. Did you get that? Your profitability. You come to the place where you are really pushing forward. The people are seeing that this man is moving in life. There is no stagnation for you. You meditate upon the word of God. Let it be your meditation. Let the word be your center of thought continually. You can never stagnate in life. Every day he talks to you. Every day he reveals new things to you. Hallelujah. You know, if you go back to the definition I gave in the very beginning, talking about don't eat animal that doesn't chew cord. How many of you remember that? Okay. By implication, if the goat got chews cord, eh? if the goat takes in all of the things he got taken in the afternoon without bringing them all over again to chew them, they can be digested within the goat. No digestion. And if there's no digestion, they have no benefit to the goat. It means the goat can continue to eat and still remain very lean. And it will be drying, except it comes out to digest those things and then they become, you know, they can go right into his system. He cannot begin to extract the minerals that are in the food that he has eaten. Did you get that? So when you don't digest the word of God by way of meditation, it doesn't profit you. That's what it means. Because the animal that chew cord, except they bring those things, chew them all again, bring them to the place of where they can be digested within their system, it doesn't make any profit within their being. No profit whatsoever. They can't get anything from them. The minerals, everything that is contained in the things they have eaten cannot go into their system. So life flows into you when you meditate upon the word of God. Is that okay? And on the other side, remember, when you meditate on negative things, life also flows into you, but a negative life. It's both ways. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's take a look at a few of this symbolism that the Lord has put forth here before us. For instance, it talks about trees. Amen? Are we together? It talks about trees. Now, let's go back and read that in the book of Psalm there. Uh, and he says, um, Blessed is the man that walketh not the seat of the, I mean, counsel of the godly, verse 2, and they stand in the world scornful, not sit in the seat of the scornful, whatever. And verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And then verse 3, and it shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water. I wanted to look at just that a little bit. Trees planted by rivers of water. My question is, have you seen some trees? Uh, other than now, we're in the city, but if you go to the village, you find some, some trees are older than the community itself. So first of all, what the Lord is making you to see here is when you meditate on the word of God, it gives you longevity. There is life and a continuous life that you receive by meditating upon the word. Hallelujah. Now, understand something. 
If a tree is so big at the top, you can equally imagine the depth of the roots and the size of the roots. Because for every tree to stand tall, the root must be very heavy. Is that okay? And so the Lord is making you to understand when you meditate, there is a kind of depth of life that you have that sustains you. Your visibility to creation is not necessarily, I mean, is directly connected to the strength of your root, which has to do with the word that you have been meditating upon that has become life unto you. Praise the living God. Amen. So trees live very long with deep roots that you can see. Trees that have very strong root can withstand storms. How many of you believe that? When the wind is blowing, no matter how strong the wind is, trees like Iroko tree, they don't even have any feelings for it. Why? Because their roots are strong and deep. Is that okay? So there's a need for you to understand what we're talking about tonight. When you meditate upon the word of God, there is a foundation that is laid or that you are laying that no storm of life can affect. The same thing Jesus said when he said, they that receive the word, they are like those who are planted by the rock. Remember that? The wind came, the storm came, the house is still stable. They are the same thing. They are the same thing. So when you meditate upon the word, you are like a house that is built upon the rock. This time you are like a tree. Your roots are deep. They are strong. There is no storm in life that can shake you. Not to talk of shaking your faith. You can't be moved. No matter how it comes, you're still going to be stable. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what you have received within you keeps you in times of trouble. Most of us will easily get into trouble or fall out of faith or go into so many dimensions of lifestyle or because we do not have depth of God's word within us, which is directly connected to love and meditation. Hallelujah. You see a lot of Christians sometimes, they come to the place, I'm no longer going to church. If God is alive, why is it happening to me? Have you heard people say that? Praise the Lord. No depth of roots. They have no world within them. That's the reason or that's the basis. So what we're saying here is, if your meditation makes you like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, that means you've already taken root deep within and there is no storm of life, no trouble whatsoever that can make you lose your head. I'm not talking about losing your faith. I'm talking about losing your head. You are still stable in the midst of the most terrible situations in life. Remember what we said from time the Bible says, rejoice. And I say, do what? Rejoice. And always rejoice. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says, it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. Now, watch this. It's not a wild tree, it's not a tree that grew on its own. It's a tree planted by somebody. There's a big difference between a tree that grew wild and a tree that is planted by someone. Because the one that is planted by someone is cultured, is cared for. Are you still there with me? Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. 
Told me to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Shall be like a tree planted. You can imagine the deliberate choice of the planter. He has to plant the tree where the tree can get enough water by the rivers. He doesn't plant in a dry land. Are you there in Isaiah 61? Look at verse 3. He said to appoint unto them that more in Zion, to give unto them beautiful arches, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called what? Trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Can you get that? Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that God might be what? Glorified. So it's God that is doing the planting. Did you get this? So, so the Bible is saying when you meditate upon the word of God, you become like that planting that God himself is planting. And men shall call it the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that God himself should be what? Glorified. Meaning, we must live our life and come to a place in our Christian walk when our life has to be a glory unto who? Unto God. Amen? So here we are talking about the deliberate planting of this tree, nursed by the rivers, by the one that plants it. In other words, you will be established in every position that the Father has directed or desired for you in life. Hallelujah. If God therefore plants you, you're going to come forth, not just as the tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, but you are coming to the place where you are going to be established. And we can look at the case of Joseph again from this perspective. Joseph's life is a typical example that Though man seems like the devil was going to eat him up, the devil was going to kill him, and things like that. But remember what he told the disciples, I mean, his own brothers. He said, You taught it for evil, but God taught it for what? For good. So God was responsible. God was instrumental. God was to plant him in Egypt for a purpose. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why I found out the mystery of it is because it was God that took him there. God also brought him out. Even when he died in Egypt. Don't you forget something. The Bible made us to understand. He told the people that when I die, take my bones out of Egypt. God planted in Egypt. But when it was true, he was brought back home. I don't know if you remember that. There's a planting of the Lord. Meaning God can position you some business streams and then you become the head and all the tail. The planting of the Lord. Whatever thing he do well, he shall do what? He shall prosper. I want you to understand it. Every little job you're doing now, God intends you to prosper. When you go by the way of meditating upon the word of God and knowing who God is, you'll prosper. Do you understand that? And don't forget the definition of prosperity here is to push forward. No stagnation. To push forward. Every day, there's something that comes to your life that shows that you're moving from one level to the other. I'm not just talking about next next level. You know, we, 
We've had messages about next level and just seasonal. Next level, next level, everybody preach next level and then nobody talks about that. Now I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you continually, every day in your life is having an inroad towards the fulfillment of your destiny. Push forward to overcome. The tree that is planted by rivers, you can understand, never lacks water. And that means that tree can never wither. Tree withers when there is no moisture, there's no more water. Now this tree that is planted by the river, whether there is rain or no rain, the tree is going to survive. Hallelujah. Because they still have enough water for them to go through it. So it has nothing to do with dry season or any season. So can I say something here? When we come to the place of true meditation and we become the plantings of the Lord, the economic situation does not affect our lifestyle. Whether our economy is down or up, we're still going to be alive, doing well and doing things and accomplishing. It's not a seasonal life in this sense. It's a continuous life. Praise the Lord. Amen. The next thing he says, it shall bring forth fruit when? In due season. Now listen to this. You don't force trees to produce, do you? And this is, this is where so many of us lack one basic ingredient and virtue. Patience. We don't wait for God to get through with us. You can't force a tree to produce. Every tree must produce in this world due season. There's a season for you in your life. And I mean the season that God has ordained in his own scheme for you. There is a season. Amen? I remember listening to Dr. Robert recently. One of his messages made a statement on when he was in the hospital. And the Lord visited him and told him, I'm just taking you to another season of your life. Another phase of your life entirely. How many years I've been in ministry, I don't know. But God is saying, that is only one phase. That you are coming to another phase of your life. And actually, you can imagine, when God plants a man, he keeps him going. Because from every indication, some of you, it will be strange for you to hear that Dr. Robert will preach for you here just in February. Have three of the veins, the arteries in his heart not pumping for close to two years. And the doctor said, only God has kept you. The veins were no longer supplying. They have to take some veins from his leg to fix the heart for him to come out of the hospital. Two months he was in the hospital, lying on his back. Only God can keep a man like that. That's like a tree planted by a river of living water. And it was in the midst of that that he told him, you are just entering another phase of your life. That means whether your heart is pumping or not, you are not going to die. <laughs> That's serious. What will kill others won't kill you. That's what I'm saying. Such ones, if it is just one vein, they will have been gone. This on two veins. 
three. Not walking. And the man is still alive. That's more than a miracle. Are you there with me? So when you come to the place of meditating upon the word of God day and night, the Bible is making us understand. Listen to me, folks. What will destroy people will not destroy you. And you will bring forth your fruit when? In due season. Don't be in a hurry. <laughs> what he has ordained will come to pass. Are you sitting there with me? He has it in mind. He has determined it. And he will finish it. Because he is the one that has done the planting. Not you. You can plant yourself. God is going to plant you. And wherever he's going to plant you, it's a place where you can have enough water to get life going. And then in due season, you bring forth your fruit. Now we see this man is fruitful. When a mango begins to bear fruit, the mango have no need to shout, I have fruit on me. Am I right? Everybody looks at the mango and says, Amen, this thing is producing. There is life in this mango. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So, there is hope for you and you can't mix your season as long as the father that have planted you is still alive. You can't mix your season. Is that okay? So just know that there is hope for you. Even if you think you have missed some things, I'm just trying to make you understand tonight. When you come to the place of meditating upon the word of God day and night, and your delight is in the Lord of the Lord, you are coming to the place of fruitfulness in the season that God has ordained for your life. Praise the living God. And there is something which is very, very deep in meditation this brother was sharing about that found as well. If you want to talk about a plant bearing fruit, there is something in agriculture which you call pollination. Is that okay? Because the flowers have to be pollinated. Remember that? And uh, one of the things, one of the creatures that does a lot of good work of pollination are supposed to be like the bees that suck the nectars of these uh, flowers and they cross-pollinate by moving to other flowers. Am I right? Long time I read a Greek, but I can still remember that. So sometimes we talk about cross-pollination and all of that. But we know that the bees are responsible for that. Is that okay? So the beginning of your fruitfulness is when your flowers begin to come forth. And what are we talking about? Like, let me try to explain this. For instance, the word of God in the Hebrew is the word Dabar. Let's look at that. First Samuel chapter 3. How do you come to the place of fruitfulness? You must have your fruit. I mean, flowers. Your flowers have to be pollinated. So let's take a little journey on the scriptures. First Samuel 3 verse number 11. Verse number one. And the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Okay? The word of the Lord. That word, word of the Lord, is the word the bar in the Hebrew. Amen? Hey, are we together? Did you find that in your Bible? Okay. Now, the word the bar. It's also the word from where you have Deborah. And deep story of the word Deborah is the word bee. 
B, B, E, E, B. B that stinks. B that produces honey. Are you getting that? From the bar, you have the bora. From the bora, you have B. So he that meditates upon the word of God. Now watch this. To pollinate your flowers really indicates that within your system, there are virtues that God intends to bring forth. And one of the things that assists those things in your life to come forth is the word of God. Now how does the word come to assist you in fertilizing your flowers? It's as you sit down now listening to me, and then you go back home and begin to meditate on what you are receiving. Then the flowers in your life begin to be what? Pollinated. Then at the end of the day, you become fruitful. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? I want you to understand it because it's very, very important. Bees, remember, brings forth only. Now let me show you, just in case you are a little bit confused. First, I mean Isaiah 7. The word you receive, as I'm speaking now, is like watering the seed that have been planted in your life, which is the word of God, the life of God. I'm watering it. Amen? Are you still with me? Okay, watch this. Isaiah 7, 15. Uh, talking about this, okay, just read that and go to Ezekiel 3 verse 3. But let's look at this. It says, But an only shall he eat that he may know to receive the evil and choose the good. But an only. What produces only? The bee. So we call it honey bee. Is that okay? So when you take butter and honey, the Bible says that he may know to refuse what? Evil and choose good. Understanding coming to you by reason of the meditation of the word which have now become pollinated and then you are bearing fruit. You can choose between good and evil. Are you done? Okay, turn to Ezekiel 3. Let's look at verse 3 again. Ezekiel 3 verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bias with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey. For what? For sweetness. What did he give to him? The word. Amen? Which actually is the revelation. We're going to speak a little bit about that. Take this revelation. Eat it. Digest it. Chew it. Hallelujah. And it shall be in that matter as what? As only for what? For sweetness. Chew the word. Receive the word. Digest the word. It is say just receive the word and glance through it or peruse it or something like that. No. Take it, eat it. Praise the living God. Again, let's look at uh, Revelation 10 verse 10. Revelation 10 verse 10. 
Now remember, it has to do with the angel that came and gave the little book. Is that okay? Say, take it. And he said, verse 10. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was my mouth sweet as what? As honey. And as soon as I was eating it, my belly was bitter. You know what that means? It was not because the, 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 the word was not sweet. The bitterness that come from the word of God is a persecution that comes from those who receive revelation. That was the bitterness. The word is always sweet. Jeremiah would say, I love that word more than my necessary food. Was it Jeremiah said our job? There is no bitterness. But the bitterness that comes from the word is when you begin to face persecution because of the things you are receiving. Because this angel giving this little book to this man here is an indication of the things that this guy is going to know that other people didn't know. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? But the point is, when you come to the place of receiving rhema, which is where I'm coming to, the revelation of God's word. Remember, the Bible tells us, faith come here by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Now, the word of God in that place is not just the logos, is the rhema. And the word rhema equals the bar again. Which is the Deborah and the bee. So we're talking on personal revelations. I was sharing with Maxwell and okay, let's say two nights ago the God gave me a kind of revelation, a word, and yesterday we made a call and the whole thing was confirmed. Now faith is built because of that revelation that came to me. That's a rumor. If I have to take a decision now. I can take a decision based on that which came to me and was confirmed. Amen? So your life should be built on the rhema of God's word. And the more you meditate upon the rhema, not just the letter that killers, the more you become like a tree planted by what? Rivers of living water. We shall never wither, but shall bring forth fruit when in due season. So the preaching and teaching that you receive, the, the messages you receive, or you listen to, the books you read, which are inspired of the Spirit of God, they are like the bee pollinating the flowers to bring forth transformation in your life. For the leaves shall not wither. Green leaves, the Bible made us understand, and they become healing for the nations. You always remain healthy. Praise the living God. What did I say? You always remain what? Healthy. Because remember, the Bible made us to understand, after talking about the trees in the book of Revelation, he said the leaves shall be for the healing of what? Of the nations. So your life is not only going to be the one that transforms people, God intends you to live in health. So the trees are not just only going to bring forth fruits. They are also going to have the leaves that are going to be for the healings of the nations. And so if you are going to be a source of life to other people, then of course you are going to have life within yourself. Praise the living God. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying tonight? And this is the power of meditation. This is what meditation can do for you. 
Healing takes place in your life. There is prosperity, which means success in whatever you set forth your hand to do. And you become the plantings of the Lord that can never be moved. No matter how bad the economic situation is, you're still going to survive. Even when men are getting confused, your head is still up. There is strength, there is power, there is life in you. Men should be depending on you to survive in times of confusion. I'm not talking about just having money, but I'm talking about when men are confused, solution comes from you. Because it leads for the healings of the nations. How I many of you know that so many persons around the cities or the nations, they are actually confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. Amen? Praise the Lord. Somebody was speaking to me yesterday. He said, Pastor, please, can you help me? I said, what's the problem? Say, I'm asked to make a decision. I said, what's the decision you asked to make? So what the decision is, I shouldn't get married to the person I'm getting married to or I want to get married to because the person does not have money. And that they want me to marry somebody who can keep me, keep the family and take care of the people. I said, that's a good decision. You can have all of that, but you have peace. You can have joy. How many of you understand that? You can marry money, but your soul is in trouble. You can be in hell, and there's so much money available. How many of you know that? So you don't marry money. Just find out if this is the one God has for you. Your peace of mind is much more than a million that anybody can give to you. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that people can still have so much money and commit suicide? Money can't keep them. The peace that pastor Lord understand they come from God alone. So I said, I can't make, make a choice for you either. You have the spirit of God, pray. If God wants you to marry money, praise God. <laughs> but if he wants you to wait, you wait. But if you have to listen to your people to marry the money, marry the money. Let the in-law build them a good home. But at the expense of your joy. Because that is the way it is. Are you sitting with me? There are a lot of people who are confused in life. God is saying, you who meditate upon the word of God day and night, you are a solution provider. You can give direction to people. You can direct them on which way to go. And life is positive from you. You are never confused. You will never be confused. Because for every bit of confusion that will come to your life, there will be an answer. You can't downplay the place of meditating upon the word of God day and night. And I end up tonight by saying, don't forget what I told you a few weeks ago. Never you be a spiritual guinea pig. The only answer to that is meditating upon the word of God day and night. God bless you.